no one was like taking the baton, you know, and leading the charge. So I thought that I would organize, you know, some of the the brightest minds, you know, of science, of nutrition, of medical and health and recipes and industrial design and product design and farmers. So I've just been spending the last five years not only writing and sharing about Sprouts, but um, working with how um, this can become more accessible, more affordable. Hi, I'm Brilliant, your host for this show. I know that I'm incredibly blessed. As the son of self-made billionaires, I've seen the high price some people pay for success, and I've learned that money really can't buy happiness. But I've also had the good fortune to learn directly from many of the world's leading teachers. If you're ready to be, do, have, and give more, this podcast is for you. When I started this podcast years ago, the central question was, what does it mean to live a good life and how can we do it? That's a question that I'm interested in personally, and I know that many people are interested in but it's hard to know where to start. My guest today can help. His name is Doug Evans. He is a pioneer in the natural food industry. He recently published the Sprout Book, Tap into the Power of the Planet's Most Nutritious Food. Privileged to have him here in the studio in person today. And we talk about all kinds of things related to sprouting, why to do it, how to do it, favorite recipes, uh, what Doug's health journey has been like and why. If you're looking to improve the quality of your life, if you're looking to feel better, if you're looking to have more energy, if you're looking to have the capacity to give more of the gifts that are perhaps latent within you, I think that what Doug is talking about can help. So you can learn more about Doug and his work at DougEvans.com. You can find him on Instagram or TikTok, but I do hope that you'll look into what Doug is sharing and that you will use it to improve the quality of your life. With that, I hope you enjoy this conversation with my friend, Doug Evans. Mr. Doug Evans, welcome to the School for Good Living podcast. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Brilliant. I'm glad you are. Will you tell me, please, what is life about? I mean, life is about whatever you choose to make it about, under whatever circumstance and whatever hand you're dealt. Mm. Like, life is the meaning that you give to it. And what have you chosen to make your life about? I mean, for me, the first part of my life was just figuring out, like, why am I here? What's going on? Managing those voices in my head. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm clear, I look at how I can make contribution, how I can make service, how I can make the the world healthier, people healthier, how I could you know, contribute to more compassionate living. Mm. And so uh, the vehicle for that for me, you know, other than my voice yeah. uh, is um, speaking for the sprouts, speaking mm. for seeds. Mm. Well, I know you've written the book that we've got right here, the sprout book, tap into the power of the planet's most nutritious food. And we're going to talk a lot about that. Um, but Doug, I don't know that I've told you this. I don't know if you realize that you are the answer to a prayer for me personally. <laughs> oh, tell me. Yeah. So uh, last year in 2022, I did an inventory of the previous year I had lived. And I realized that it was not satisfactory for me. I wasn't as happy or as healthy as I know I could be. And I made a commitment 
that 2023 would be the best year of my life. So I'd go from this kind of lackluster year to the best year of my of my life. And I didn't know how I would do it. You know, I didn't have a strategy. I only had an intention. And it was only a few a few weeks into the new year. And uh, our common friend, Elliot, uh, I was on a call with him. And you called him right then. And he introduced me to you. And my life already has has changed in some pretty significant ways just from the last few weeks of interacting with you. Wow. Well, thank you. And I guess there are no coincidences. And you are attracting you know, what you need to attract in your life. Yeah, I think so. And I think you and I have a little bit of a similar background from the standpoint of people that we love, people who are close to us, made some lifestyle choices or maybe had some genetics and ultimately ended up in a pretty bad place health-wise. Yes. Right? Um, and for me, it was my dad when he prioritized his work above almost everything in his life for a long time, ended up with diabetes and many other ailments had his legs amputated uh, below the knees and seeing him in that way changed me forever. Uh, made me certain that I did not want that to ever happen to me. Mm. <laughs> and I, not only did I not want that for me, I wanted to support and encourage others to live a healthy life. And I know you had, uh, like I said, some similar kinds of experiences, parents, aunts, siblings. Yeah, sibling. you, tell me about your, your journey to, to eating well and, and to living uh, good living. Yeah. So, we grew up lower middle class with food scarcity. So there wasn't a lot of food in the house. Everything was dished out in rations. And then when I was in the army, I overate processed junk um, food. And then when I had money and I got out of the army and I had freedom, like I was using food as a reward system um, for me. So I was overweight, not obese, but overweight, but I was eating really food that was triggering the pleasure sensors in your brain. So everything was processed, refined, meat, dairy, animal products, added oils, sugars, sweeteners. Pretty typical American diet. Salt. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, I was slowly and comfortably, you know, becoming overweight. So I was about 36 pounds overweight, but still functioning. I'd be tired in the middle of the afternoon. Um, but then when my aunt got diabetes and they did a double amputation of her feet below her ankles, um, that was a real like, huh? Like, you know, oh my God, like, do we have genetic, do we have genetically diabetes in, the, in our family? And then she died of diabetes. And then my uncle died of heart disease. And then my mother got stomach cancer and died. And my father got heart disease and died. And then my brother became overweight, obese, diabetic, um, atrial fibrillation, hypertension, and had the first of three strokes and a heart attack. So I just thought like, hey, we're screwed. Like I'm screwed. Like I have bad genes. Yeah. And then, you know, they say when the student is ready, the teacher will come. So in the most um, unforeseen circumstance, like New York City nightclub, middle of the night, you know, randomly, you know, hitting on a woman and turns out she was a vegan. And I never heard the term vegan before. I thought it was short for vegetarian or slang. And she explained to me about... Um, whole food, plant-based diet. And she was moving and curious about raw. I was like, oh, wow. 
what, what, what are you talking about? And I couldn't even fathom a day without pizza, pasta, meat, chicken, or fish. I just couldn't even imagine that dairy cheese. You know, I remember like buying like the blocks of cheese yeah. and just biting into them. Yeah, I I often say that cheese is how I know God loves me. <laughs> so I, yeah. you know, I, I I went ten years not eating meat, but veganism is another level. And I don't know that I'll ever go there, but I'm interested to learn more about your experience. Yeah, well, so in a two week period, I went cold cucumber. So I stopped eating all cooked food, processed food, refined food, meat, dairy, animal products. And I went from like eating all that junk to vegetarian, vegan, raw vegan in this two-week window. Wow. How did you do it? I mean, I heard you say there was a woman <laughs> involved. So I yeah, know the, it's not just that. But, no, well, the, the woman kind of lit the match, mm -hmm. but I was the fuse. Mm -hmm. And like I rapidly exceeded where she was dietarily not in a competitive form with her yeah. but i was grasping the information and it made so much sense that everything that you put in your mouth was this life or death decision yeah and so when i became cognizant awake and aware then i could no longer in good conscience ignore that information so like when I hear you right now mm -hmm. saying like, oh, I don't know if I could ever be vegan. Yeah. If you, with your brilliance, like delved deep into the data mm -hmm. and into the sentient values, into the global implications of climate and environment, mm -hmm. it would be incomprehensible for you to deviate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that's the, that's like the point for me. It's like not even like a choice. Like last night you, you served this beautiful dinner and then, you know, they passed out crack on the table, <laughs> right? Sugar, sugar, yeah. chocolate covered almonds, chocolate chip cookies, you know, refined, like raw chocolate bars yeah. and the like. And I'm no, looking at none of which I ate because you didn't either by the way. Oh, thank <laughs> if you. You weren't there, I think I would have, but Yeah, well, I'm looking at it yeah. and like my mouth was salivating like a a teenage boy in a, you know, in a strip bar and I'm like looking at it and I'm saying I want to eat the whole plate. Yeah. I want to eat all of it. And so then I'm like, "Oh, every temptation um resisted makes me stronger." You know, there's uh, no fucking way. Like I'm not going to touch it. Yeah. And then Afterwards, like I'm in the kitchen and I'm like, oh, is there anything else for me to eat? And then like I'm touching my stomach, I'm touching my thighs and I'm like, wow, I'm not hungry. Like I, I have enough nourishment. I don't need to do that. No. And so, so much of the mind like is playing tricks on you and yeah. it's a constant test. Yeah. But for me, when I understood like the atrocities, like there's no... Like, I don't want to make this about um, veganism mm -hmm. per se, but like there is no humane way to kill a being that wants to live, mm -hmm. right? And there's no difference between your cat, that sweet little cat that's scratching up your beautiful chairs, you know, or the dog or the horse or the cow no. or the deer. Like these are beings that want to live. 
and you know to become you know like a killer and to take a knife or a gun or electric prod and then tear them apart is just a indication of the state of affairs and global consciousness of yeah. war separation differentiation yeah yeah i i think you're right and i and i do think that we will look back in time and realize that some of the things we are now doing are things that they'll just no longer be socially acceptable that's my theory <laughs> yeah right um, but i want to go a little bit of a different direction yeah. based okay. on something you said uh, which in the book you make this statement that the most powerful tool you have to change your brain and your health is your fork. That's right. Right. Food is not just calories or energy. Food contains information that talks to your genes, turning them on or off and affecting their function moment to moment. And as you, you talk about food being this, uh, not just calories or energy, but not all food is equivalent as we well know. Right. That's right. And you have discovered as have many others, but I think you're lighting a fire. Uh, around sprouts specifically. Now, I had never really thought of sprouts at all. <laughs> it's not right. something I shop for. It's not something I'll eat if they're available. But if I ever did, it was maybe a garnish, you know, or or something like that. But um, I've been on a FaceTime with you around dinner time, and I've seen your entire dinner is sprouts, yeah. right? Tell me about how and why did you develop such a, a deep love of sprouts? So I was turned on to sprouts and sprouting 25 years ago. And I felt the power of them and the energy of them, right? And the miracle of them. Mm -hmm. And I somewhat like just pushed it to the side. Mm -hmm. And when it became available, like I would eat it. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved to Wonder Valley Hot Springs in 2018, Right, I bought the land in 2017. I moved there 2018. I realized not only was I in the Mojave Desert, I was in a food desert. And that in order to eat the way I want to eat, fresh, ripe, raw, organic fruits, vegetables, seeds, nuts, seaweeds, and sprouts, like that's the framework of what I'm willing to eat, mm -hmm. um, I would either A, have to drive an hour and a half each way to go to Whole Foods mm -hmm. um, or further if I wanted to go to farms mm -hmm. or I'd have to figure out how to be sovereign, how I could grow my own food. Mm -hmm. And turns out it's really difficult to grow, to have an organic garden in the desert or anywhere yeah, for anywhere, that matter, right. right? And it could take weeks or months or years or never to get that thing going. And then while I'm hallucinating in the hot springs, looking at the galaxies and galaxies and beyonds, um, I'm seeing the constellations of the stars twinkling. And I got the download from the universe that was so simple. And I think you'll remember this for the rest of your life. Sprouts are vegetables. Mm. Right? That was number one. Yeah. Number two, sprouts were vitamins and minerals and nourishment. Mm -hmm. Number two. And number three, sprouts were medicine that could treat both chronic and acute illnesses. 
And I didn't really understand like what this all meant. Like this was surface level boom. Mm -hmm. And then the next day it kind of unleashed me into this um, kind of obsessive searching for information Mm -hmm. about sprouts. And sprouts are really a label Mm -hmm. for a seed that is germinated Mm -hmm. and it's becoming a, a seedling and uh, like a, a little green and it's growing, it's beginning its journey. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that this seed is a complete dormant living organism, right? may feel like a pebble or you could break your tooth on it, but it, it has an endosperm, it has an embryo, it has life force in it, mm-hmm. sitting almost like in hibernation, in dormancy. Mm-hmm. And with this little effort as a little water, you remove the enzyme inhibitors, the trypsins, the lectins, and you trigger the germination process, which causes this seed to burst into life. And then it's growing at a rapid speed where it may grow two, four, six, eight times its volume in one week without soil, without sunshine, without fertilizer. It's sequestering carbon from the atmosphere and it's growing its dry mass. So it's not just growing water volume, it's increasing its dry mass. How does it do that? (laughs) I mean, like, it's just a miracle. Yeah, in fact, that's another statement uh, from your book. It feels magical, but there's no actual magic involved. It's nature at its best. That's right. And the fact that we get to eat that, like, and what people don't know is that every single sprout contains every single amino acid to form a complete protein. That sprouts contain micronutrients, phytonutrients, polyphenols, bioflavonoids, prebiotics. (laughs) It's amino acids. This is is the essence you know, of what the human body thrives on. Mm. So you could be a sproutivore. Mm. You could be a sproutarian. Mm. You can incorporate this superfood into your diet. And it turns out that sprouts are probably the number one food for regulating insulin levels in diabetics. Sprouts are the number one food for weight loss because they are high fiber, low fat, low calories and super nutrients. So while you're consuming the sprouts, um, you are naturally doing a caloric restrictive diet while the body is burning off its excess fat and its sludge. And you're seeing these transformations, but it's so um, antithetical to how the food industry works. Like you go into Whole Foods, There's 30,000 products on the shelves. 99.9% of those have additives, have preservatives, have been cooked, have been processed, have been refined, have added sweeteners, flavors, artificial flavors, natural flavors, um, preservatives. And to me, not worthy of consumption by this guy. And so... When I thought about sprouts, and I lived on sprouts for 30 days, 
And I didn't know what was going to happen. But what happened is literally I reconstructed like every cell in my body was influenced by this super nutritious living food. And like that was just the beginning. So now like you asked me like, what about sprouts? So I'm not recommending or encouraging you to just eat only sprouts. Although you would thrive, right? You would thrive. Um, But add sprouts to anything and everything that you're eating. Add sprouts before or after every meal or with every meal. And you're going to start to see a transformation because what happens if you're eating food that is processed, that has added salt, oil, and sugar, it's highly addictive and it's devoid of true nutrients. Yeah. You know, a few years ago, I read a book, not even sure why I picked this one up, but it's a book called The Secret Life of Plants. Mm. And in the book, the author made the point, if I remember correctly, understood it correctly, that the reason that many processed foods will stay good for years is because they're devoid of life. Anything that has life in it will decay, like a, a plant, you know, right. or or even uh, once we slaughter meat and so forth, that will decay very quickly because the life energy is leaving. But it's why a Twinkie or even like a McDonald's hamburger can sit on a shelf literally for years and not look any different at the end of it and not even necessarily decay. So this idea that if we're eating something that's rich with a life energy, and I know some of that can start to sound woo-woo, but then there's another part that makes perfect sense. That it's like, hey, this thing is full of life, and if I eat that, that life will, will become me. Doug, I've heard you say that in order for the body to really extract or maximize the nutrients in our food, ultimately it has to turn it into to liquid. It has to, it has to be liquid. So if you think about breast milk mm-hmm. is able to totally satisfy the nutrients mm-hmm. of a rapidly developing you know, human being, right? that um, if we're eating things that are predominantly water-based, mm-hmm. nutrient-based, like fiber, there's two types of fiber, soluble and insoluble fiber. Mm-hmm. Soluble fiber gets absorbed. Insoluble fiber helps create a healthy movement, but it also is food for the microbiome. And this is a whole other rabbit hole that we could go down, but we yeah. have more non-human alien RNA, DNA in our microbiome than there's human bo- DNA in the whole body. So you have like five pounds of foreign alien living organisms in the body. And you feed that um, fiber and it's really happy. You feed it junk and it controls the brain. I mean, the the the, the stomach, brain, gut, brain connection is yeah. very, very powerful and very true. That's a whole other rabbit hole that we yeah. can go down. But what happens is these cravings come not from like someone who's weak or they have bad thoughts in the brain. Like what you eat in the microbiome will control your behavior and make you eat more of the poison to feed it. And that's why when people talk about cleanses and detoxing and water fasting and dry fasting, the the point is to kill those bad um, microbiome and give yourself a fresh start. Well, well, let me just ask you about that a little bit because I my sense is I, I'm a skeptic in a lot of ways, right? And I know there's so much information. There's 
So the question I'm trying to get to is how do you know what to believe when it comes to health or what to eat or how to do it? Like, how do you personally pursue that? I, I feel that um, we all know. There's like, like an intuitive knowing. Yeah, there's, there's a knowing. Right. And if you like intuitively just go into silence and be present and ask yourself a question. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what happens is this cognitive dissonance that occurs and the separation between where our food comes from and when we eat it mm-hmm. just becomes kind of standard and matter of fact. Like, right. oh, here's a burger. You know, yeah. here's some chips. Yeah. Here's a here's a hot dog. You know, here's some cereal, fortified, good marketing. Um, but if you think about that, like I can't imagine you going to, you know, the field and tearing into a live cow, right? And eating it alive, you know, with your bare hands and right. eating the flesh. Well, no, I would use my teeth. <laughs> yeah. But even even still, like sure. I, I can't imagine you wrestling with it no. with a cow. Like it's just just crazy. And I can't imagine you as a grown man, you know, on your knees, suckling off of, you know, a cow's teeth, like drinking the milk, that right. hairy, like, teeth. I mean, you, yeah. you may, like, just not happening. But what happens is they put it in a glass, they pasteurize it, they put it in a box, they put, you know, fancy marketing on it. Yeah. Um, and it's subsidized by the government. It fits into the whole part. There's right. lobbyists. The that, food pyramid includes it <laughs> that we've yeah. learned from the time we're kids. So, you know, it, it's all like about brain. But if you ask yourself, like, what what's good for me? Like, what should I eat? And if, if you know that if you have uncertain, like you're not certain what to do, mm. you can experiment and you can ask yourself, what do I think is the worst thing that could happen? If I followed Doug's protocol, mm-hmm. like if I just listened to Doug, I surrendered to Doug, like, and I did it. What's the worst thing that could happen? Well, no, I, I think you'd be hungry, right? Like that would be the worst thing. And then you could always revert back yeah. to your um, old way of life. But if you were to incorporate it and all of a sudden you were to, see the results and feel lighter, feel more energetic, like lessen the brain fog, tap further into your brilliance, then you would look forward to eating sprouts. You'd look forward to eating fresh, ripe fruit in season, local vegetables grown in organic soil. Like it just makes sense. Like, do you want to eat a monocrop where they're using genetically modified seeds? Like the problem isn't so much of GMOs is that they're modifying the seed. The problem is with the GMOs, they're modifying the seeds to be pesticide resistant so that when they're when it's growing and there's insects on it, they can spray as much pesticide as they want on, on the plant and the plant will survive 
but the insects will die so they can get a greater crop. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is the consumption of, of pesticides, glyphosate um, in particular, is a known carcinogen. Mm-hmm. And they're spraying it like it's everyday normal yeah. things that are going on. So if you ask yourself what to believe, you don't need to ask anybody else. You can just say, hmm, do, do I have a glyphosate deficiency, right? Do, do I need this? Like, you know, where does the cow get its protein from, right? From eating grass, the amino acids in the grass. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where they're getting it from. So if you want to go to the source and you want to be optimum, you want to be efficient, you want to be brilliant, you go right to the source. And it turns out, what makes sprouts really powerful is seeds are really, really powerful. But seeds have enzyme inhibitors on them. Seeds have a hard shell. Mm. Seeds are condensed energy. When you soak them, you germinate them, you sprout them, they become more bioavailable. Like take a simple lentil, right? Part of the legume family, a lentil. Mm. When you sprout a lentil, you double the antioxidant levels, you triple the vitamin C, and you quadruple the soluble and insoluble fiber. Wow. So you're getting like, you can have a lentil. Lentils are healthy. They're part of the plant-based diet, vegan diet, vegetarian diets around the world. Mm-hmm. When you're eating sprouted lentils, it's like, whoa, it's mm-hmm. like a whole new level. And if you eat them without salt, oil, or sugar, right? They're crunchy, they have a flavor, they're nutritious. You won't overeat them. Yeah, You'll eat just enough. Well, that's a, that's a point that I'm like, how, did I, how have I lived this long and it has never occurred to me, right? I think my mode up until now has been to eat until I'm full, right? But one of the things that you've helped me become aware of is the simple possibility of not eating until I'm full, but eating until I'm no longer hungry. That's right. <laughs> Right. And I know that's easier with some foods than others. Right. Because if I'm filling my belly with processed foods and all this stuff we're talking about that's not so good for us, by the time I feel full, I've way overdone it in terms of not only unhealthy content, but calories. Right. But with sprouts, I hear you say, like, you'll be eating sprouts. You can't overeat sprouts. Yeah. You, you can't and you won't. Yeah. And like, the, the consequence of overeating sprouts is you will have like a gargantuan, like orgasmic poop. Like that's what will happen. I'm not sure if I want one of those or if I want to stay away from that. I, I, I don't think there's any uh, religious limitation for, <laughs> okay. for, for feeling the sensations of your prostate and your, and your colon yeah. in that level. But it's really satisfying. Hmm. Like it's really satisfying to have that release. Yeah. And turns out, um, you know, animal products have diminimous amounts of fiber, mm. which is why there's a level of constipation, you know, in, in, in them. Yeah. And then if you think about the number one over-the-counter drugs are antiacids, Pepto-Bismol. Um, I, I can't even think of the Tums, you know, yeah. um, Alka-Seltzer, because of all the acid that's forming in the body, when the body is trying to break down 
these solid forms, yeah. as opposed to fruit or sprouts that go through the stomach into the small intestine, into the colon, and you're extracting the nutrients and you get a good fiber-rich poop. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's so intuitive. But what happens is you don't listen and act on your intuition yeah. when you are a subject of someone else's marketing campaign. Yeah. Well, plus people are busy, right? And a huge factor in food is convenience. Another factor is cost. Right. Another factor, of course, it goes along with convenience is availability. So like what's what's easy? Then there's the whole thing of what do I understand? Right. Where I don't, even though I've read your book, I don't understand from experience how to grow my own sprouts yet. And I understand it's not complicated, but it does take some effort and maybe even more attention to stay on schedule of rinsing and, you know, making sure that I'm using the appropriate um, substances or not using, you know, things that have dyes or chemicals. But I guess where I'm going with all this is what, what from your view, like if somebody, if you could tell somebody something in a minute to get started, yeah, what do you say? Like, I, how do people begin? I, this? I mean, I, I would say, you know, without self-promoting the book, right? Sign up for my free newsletter at thesproutbook.com. I'm sharing constant information and responding interactively mm. on I'm Instagram at just Doug Evans. Mm. I'm creating content on TikTok and it's kind of crazy. I was never even on TikTok. Yeah. I never like I thought of TikTok was like, you know, dog videos and yeah. things, but it, it is. It is Doug. And <laughs> And it sprouts. Yeah. Right. And so six months ago I opened up my TikTok account and like twenty five of my videos went viral with million views each, yeah. like just going off. I'm so sharing information. Yeah. But basically the essence is you want to get high quality organic seeds. Okay. You want to get a vessel like a mason jar yeah. and they make tops that screw on to them or you could use cheesecloth and a rubber band and then you want to use the best water that you can have access to. So I prefer filtered water, spring water, distilled water and if all else um, is not available, tap water. And just use the best resources you have. And there's a, a chapter in my book called Junkyard Dog, where I was taking things out of the recycling bin, out of the garbage, you know, I'm boiling them, sterilizing them, and using them as vessels for sprouting. And the amazing thing is, like, not everyone can be a farmer, not everyone could be a gardener, not everyone has a green thumb. But everyone can be a sprouter. Mm, that's awesome. And I just want to read a couple of comments that were, as I was preparing for this interview, and I watched some of the previous interviews you've done, uh, and I read some of the, the reviews people left on Amazon about your book. Uh, here's, here's one. I bought Doug's book and recommended it to everyone. It's fantastic and my favorite read this summer. I'm currently sprouting broccoli seeds, sunflower seeds, red clover seeds, pea shoots, and growing carrot microgreens. I happily made the investment in the materials I'll need to have fresh sprouts and greens in my home all year round, regardless of supermarket supply. I also love True Leaf. This person mentioned, I also love True Leaf Market for organic seeds and stocked up. My husband is getting on board and adding them to his sandwiches and drinking them in smoothies. Thank you, Doug, for this wisdom. 
So I don't. I realize you probably didn't even read that comment. That was. I, on, I don't read. Yeah. I I don't read any. Yeah. Of that. Isn't that awesome? That was that was in the comments of the interview you did on the Spartan podcast. Wow. But how great that there are people, right? There's people who are looking for this, and there's people when they find it, they're acting on it, and it's making a difference in their life. And I know from my experience, it's not the kind of thing that I just read in the book and I'm like, oh, I have all this stuff in the cupboard. I'll just get it out <laughs> and use it. So it is a journey. But as I just wanted to share that with. With people listening to hear like, hey, there are real people that this is working for. And then also to share with you, because I realize you probably didn't read this woman's comment, but no. what an that, awesome thing. Yeah, it feels so good. Yeah. It feels so good. And, you know, April 2023, my sprouting masterclass comes mm -hmm. out at Commune. So one awesome. commune well, um, dot com slash sprouts. You could sign up, you know, for the sprouting masterclass. And look, my vision is to you know, wake the world up, you know, to sprouts. Yeah. And that if you think about in the flyover states, um, there's food insecurity, there are food deserts, that there's no longer an excuse for people not to have high quality um, nutrition available yeah. for pennies a serving. Yeah, that's awesome. And I do want to ask you about um, your favorite recipe. Because I understand you took the advance the publisher gave you for this book. And instead of like buying yourself a new car, which, you know, it wasn't huge, but you spent that whole thing with a recipe developer. Correct. Right. To create 40, is it 40, 40 awesome recipes, recipes yeah. in this book that are, I can attest, are delicious. Some of them I've, I think I've experienced. Um, but what's your favorite? I mean, I think that the easiest thing is simplest recipe is take garbanzo beans, organic garbanzo beans, sprout them for three days, and then add some pickle juice, pickle brine, mm. and a pickle in a blender and make a dip. Wow. And then take anything, you know, more sprouts, like you could use other sprouts and dip into your sprouts and use that as a dip, or a crudite, you know, or a homemade flax cracker, or even, you know, a regular cracker mm. to get it. Like the idea is, you know, consuming them. Yeah. So that's one one thing. The other thing is like just, you know, less of a recipe, more of a function. Mm. Take your broccoli sprouts, freeze them into ice cubes, and every time you're making a smoothie, you have fresh broccoli sprouts on demand. Like we didn't even talk about how broccoli sprouts um, can have a hermetic effect to create heat shock proteins in the brain. I, I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> what does this mean? Well, hormosis yeah. um, uh, is like when we do the ice bath, mm -hmm. you know, you, you're lowering the body temperature and the body's working hard, mm -hmm. you know, to respond, to get the body back to homeostasis. Right. Or if you're in a hot bath, hot spring or sauna, the body's working hard to cool itself. Sure. So when you're consuming um, certain sprouts, um, they are met medicine that the body is actually increasing body temperature internally, heat shock proteins, which are causing the body and the brain to work very hard. And it turns out that is um, able to reduce symptoms of autism. It's able to detoxify benzene from the lungs. It's able to regulate insulin levels all through this 
you know magical properties yeah. of the of the plant being so powerful mm. um to to operate so if if we think about where to get started get some organic sprouting seeds get a jar or tray um and you know start adding water following directions there's you know probably you know forget about me um people have been sprouting long before me sure i was just the guy that was monomaniacal mm-hmm. um who had the time on his hands and who had the vision to think big mm-hmm. to think that sprouts were more than a garnish they were more than a hippie food they were more than something you'd find in asian cuisine mm-hmm. but that sprouts were something that could become a thing yeah and so that became my thing to make sprouts a thing which is like you know why I flew here yeah you know to to do this podcast yeah. to share this message yeah and i'm i'm so glad you did and i do want to ask you um, about the sprouting company will you talk a little bit about what it is and what your vision for that is i mean it's really basic it's the the fact is that sprouts have been underserved mm-hmm. they've been like the stepchild of nutrients you know and of food mm-hmm. and i just you know hallucinated that no one was like taking the baton you know and leading the charge so i thought that i would organize you know some of the the brightest minds you know of science of nutrition of medical and health and recipes and industrial design and mm. product design and farmers so i've just been spending the last 5 years not only writing and sharing about sprouts but um working with how um this can become more accessible more affordable um where the current tools for sprouting you know a mason jar was designed for canning right right and and people out of necessity turned that into a, a tool for sprouting and i look at that and the critic in me um is is able to see what could be a little bit better what could be a lot better and what to do so that's just something that you know low key i'm just working on seeing how i can make it better mm-hmm. and i'll be in you know sharing more information as it comes but yeah. it's really about community awesome. like creating a community around the world to support sprouting and it it's beginning right now just on social media awesome like i never used social media until i decided to publish content around sprouting yeah that's awesome Well Doug, just the last few questions for you before we wrap up. I want to transition the conversation briefly to an exploration of writing and the creative process. Uh-huh. Right? And talk a little bit about your journey of taking your passion and your enthusiasm and all of your ideas and experience related to this and putting it between the covers of a book. Right? Which I know many people many people will dream of writing a book. But yeah. but it's only ever a dream. But but you did. Yeah. I would say I almost gave back the the advance from the publisher and quit because the book was so hard for me to write. Like the resistance was so hard for me to write. And like I would sit down 
and I could talk about sprouts for five minutes or 10 minutes or an hour at a time. Mm -hmm. But the contract was for 60,000 words. That's a lot of words. It's a lot of words. And I um, am, have a lot of education, just not academically mm -hmm. and not, you know, using the typewriter and the keys. Like this was just foreign to me. I was, mm -hmm. you know, a guy from the street. And so like for me to have the discipline and then I said, I'm going to sit and I'm going to write a minimum of 500 words every day. Like, I, and I, you know, I could digress and go down rabbit holes, but I'm going to write 500 words a day. I'm not going to get up to go to the bathroom. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to, my phone is going to be off. It's going to be me and the screen. And I don't care if I look at the word count in Microsoft Word, mm -hmm. you know, every other second right. um, until I hit 500 words, but I'm just going to write the book. Mm -hmm. And I did that 500 words every day um, until the book was done. Wow. Well, and maybe that's part of what you meant when a couple of weeks ago I asked you about this. I was something I'm personally curious about, right? And, and when I asked you, how did you do it? And one of the things you told me was, I had to channel my inner Goggins, <laughs> your inner David yeah. Goggins. Yeah. What? Tell me a little bit more about like where that idea came from and 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 why and how you did that. I mean, I, I did that when my um, wife, now then girlfriend, basically called said you're like a college student procrastinating, mm -hmm. and that just triggered me because I'm like I'm not a college student. I don't need to procrastinate. Like I'm the master of my fate. Like I just need to dial in mm -hmm. and give myself um, a plan and then execute my plan. Mm -hmm. Like you asked me to do the ice bath this morning, 40 yeah. degrees. And you know, you said, oh, bring a swimsuit. We'll do the ice bath. <laughs> At 6.30 in the morning. 6.30, I'm like, that's the last thing I wanna do. Yeah. But I'm like, oh no, like I don't wanna do it, but I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And then I'm gonna do it with love and joy and pleasure and make the most of it. And I apologize for waking up your whole house, like screaming at the top of my lungs, in, um, but it felt good. Yeah, no, it was awesome. It was great. Okay, and uh, the, last, the last two questions I have, one is about your place in Wonder Valley. Yeah. So you have a number of homes, residences, Airbnbs. A little community, a little community. Wonder right? Valley Hot Springs, yeah, a little it's community. Beautiful. And, and I've had the privilege to visit. I was able to sit in a carved, is it marble? A marble tub? We have some that are marble, some that are granite. That was fed by about 115 degree hot spring water. Yes. Underneath the Milky Way. Yeah. It was beautiful. Uh, if people want to learn more about that and they want to experience that for themselves, what should um, they do? Wonder Valley Hot Springs on Instagram has some beautiful pictures um, or the website um, at, at wondervalleyhotsprings.com. Awesome. And basically, Wonder Valley is this little town that was wonderful, amazing sunrises, sunsets, the darkest star, the darkest skies, the brightest stars. Mm. Um, people come from all over the country, if not the world, to stargaze. We're 15 minutes from Joshua Tree National Park. So there's spots in the park that are just like breathtaking. And so I just chose to live there. Yeah. And then um, opportunistically, I was like, oh, well, we can buy this piece of land over here next to us here and across the street over there and next to us. So we just put together, you know, this little community 
and putting up on Airbnb and on our website and awesome. you know and and we get to live there yeah. and I get to invite you know people there my friends and you know we've had you know some of the most amazing people in the world you know come visit yeah really really special place I I got there and that first night I thought Maybe this is where I'll come and finish my book. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's really I peaceful. Mean, it is, you know, you were in the writer's cabin. Yeah, that was awesome. Well, Doug, what advice or encouragement do you leave anybody who's watching or listening to this with? I think that wherever you are, if you're able to hear this, you already won. You won the ovarian lottery. Like, you are here. And now... Um, I want to just encourage you that you can choose um, whatever path, whatever destiny that you want and choose love, choose generosity, like play the game to see who could be the, the greatest giver. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And give to yourself too. Yeah. Right. And if you live with, with that, it life just becomes just a joy. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, again, my guest today, Doug Evans, author of The Sprout Book. You can learn more about Doug on Instagram. You can visit him at DougEvans.com. Yeah. Right. And with that, Doug, thanks so much for being a guest and making time to come hang out here in Utah. Hey, my pleasure. Brilliant. It's the best ever. So yes. glad to be here. Yes. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the School for Good Living podcast. Before you take off, I just want to extend an invitation to you. Despite living in an age where we have more comforts and conveniences than ever before, life still isn't working for many people. Whether it's here in the developed world where we deal with depression, anxiety, loneliness, addiction, divorce, unfulfilling jobs or relationships that don't work, or in the developing world where so many people still don't have access to basic things like clean water or sanitation or healthcare or education or they live in conflict zones. There are a lot of people on this planet that life isn't working very well for. If you're one of those people, or even if your life is working, but you have the sense that it could work better, consider signing up for the School for Good Living's Transformational Coaching Program. It's something I've designed to help you navigate the transitions that we all go through. Whether you've just graduated gone through a divorce, or you've gotten married, headed into retirement, starting a business, been married for a long time, whatever. No matter where you are in life, this nine-month program will give you the opportunity to go deep in every area of your life, to explore life's big questions, to create answers for yourself in a community of other growth-minded individuals. And it can help you get clarity and be accountable to realize more of your unrealized potential. It can also help you find and maintain motivation. In short, is designed to help you live with greater health, happiness, and meaning so that you can be, do, have, and give more. Visit goodliving.com to learn more or to sign up today.